Welcome to the Why Wait Podcast. My name is Julie. My name is Beth, and we are your hosts. We are two sisters who love life coaching and are ready to ask you the question, why wait? Life is precious, and too many times we hold back, have fear or believe thoughts that leave us waiting. We understand we've been there. Join us as we help you progress and find personal fulfillment through knowledge as we teach you tools that will enable you to love yourself more fully and improve your own life. No more waiting. Let's go. Hey, you guys, real fast. We wanted to tell you about the summer series workshops that we're doing all of this summer, 2023. And it is every other week on Monday mornings at 8 a.m. And it's online, virtual. And what we're doing is teaching a series of courses that will help you in your lives. It is absolutely free. You just get on. We will teach you a class and then we open it up for coaching. So we would love for you to join us and this podcast particularly and all throughout the summer will be pertaining to these workshops. So we want you to have this extra value as we go along teaching the workshops. Hope to see you there. It's on our podcast. It's also in the the links in the show notes. Thanks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Why Wait podcast. It is the week of July 4th. Happy Independence Day. I am Julie, your host, and Beth is here. Yep. Hello, everyone. Hey, so today we want to talk about the topic of children, children that we have, children that we want, but mostly the children that we have and that are in our lives. And um, along with the word children or parenting comes so many mixed emotions, right? Like joy, love, happiness, frustration, guilt, anger, ah all this longing and hoping. And, um, we want nothing more than to raise these children to be happy, healthy, safe, but along the way, we make ourselves a little miserable. Sometimes if we don't keep our heads on straight and keep doing that, that daily, weekly mental gym workout for our brain that keeps reminding us why we're doing what we're doing, how to do it more effectively. and um, just more peacefully, I would say. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a friend recently that was sharing something with me that was troubling her and in our lives, we create these life commandments that we think if things don't go a certain way that we've broken the commandment and these aren't positive things. These life commandments are not necessarily positive for us. They kind of get us in a, in a mindset that it's obvious strain. If it's not, I'm a failure or I didn't succeed or my kids are not. And so we hear from kinda like that we the coach. manual, right? Yes. Yeah. Like the manual. And in, these are life commandments. And so yeah. you find out are my life commandments um, causing me pain and suffering that is unnecessary because there are certain things that my children are going to experience to choose to do that I have no control over. And so Julie and I've noticed as we've worked with women that um, some of their biggest struggles and hurdles to overcome are marriage um, and children. And so, um, we just wanted to take a little bit of time to share some thoughts with you about children. Yeah. So, um, Beth sent out a a little survey to some of our favorite people and, um, mothers just to kind of get their thoughts and feelings on motherhood and maybe what they're worried about or what they want for their children. And there was a couple common denominators that came through 
from these wonderful women. And um, one was that they worry about their children's spirituality. And if what they are teaching in the home and what they're intending to teach them, Christ-like attributes, is it enough to outweigh what the world is trying to teach them, right? And then the second one was just making sure and wanting our children to have confidence in themselves and their abilities and really for them to know how great they are, right? And um, what I noticed, Beth has a really great quote that I'm going to have her share in just a second. But what I notice is that most of the misery we cause ourselves as parents is when we forecast the future. Like she said, we have these life commandments or we have this instruction manual for ourselves that is, is enmeshed in our children. And so we think, okay, if I follow my manual and I'm the mom I'm supposed to be, and then I do all the things right. And then my kids will, will turn out this way. And that's chapter two, right? And so if I'm doing what I'm doing right, and they're following my instruction manual, then everything's going to go great. But about every seventh hour <laughs> that all blows up. Right. And your brain's like, yeah, something's gone wrong. Oh my gosh, this is terrible. Uh, like I run away once a day in my brain. And so I think that that's what you're talking about. The commandments or the manuals, we go back in and like, oh, okay, wait a minute. Has anything really gone wrong? Is this really a huge problem? And really none of it is, but we think it is. And a lot of that comes back when we reflect on that. Is it my fault? Most of the people I talk to, it's that if their children have done something, it's, it hurts, you hurt for them, but you also throw so much shame, blame, and guilt on yourself. And so the quote I love from Beth is, tell it, Beth. You, can, you can't take all the credit and you can't take all the blame. So my brother shared that with me years ago. As a parent, it was, it's about parenting. Like mm -hmm. I can't take all the credit and I can't take all the blame. And I just, just to personalize this a little bit. So um, if those of you haven't listened before, I have six kids and I really thought in my mind, I had a life command in my mind that if I did certain things spiritually with my children on a regular basis, if not every day, then they would leave my home, you know, serving a mission, getting married in the temple, um, doing everything on a leveling step up that I literally thought, okay, I'm going to do my, this is when I was a young mom and this is what I thought. And, um, as my oldest daughter, yeah, our oldest daughter who I absolutely love and adore and is just a tremendous heart. Mm -hmm. Um, I probably spent more time, like when she was six months old, six months old, I would sit and read the book of Mormon with her. Mm -hmm. And I bribed her three times in her teenage years to go to, she wanted to go to one direction and Jonas brothers. And I'm like, if you read the book of Mormon, <laughs> I'll help pay for your ticket and get you there. Which so, is all good intentions, uh, all good intentions. It, my intentions are good. I was just wanting her to have a spiritual experience with the Holy ghost that testified of its truthfulness. Well, Madeline made her life decisions. And in the beginning when she first left home, I really beat myself up thinking what a failure I was because her, her choices were different than what I imagined she would do because of what I thought my life commandments. If I taught her these things, she's going to go this direction. Now she lives a beautiful life. I love her. These are her choices. And as the years have passed, I've come to be okay with like, this is her path and everything is going right. It like in, I did everything I could. 
and this is her choices. And that's what's hard is we feel sometimes that if we can do certain steps, then they're going to follow exactly how we want them to go because either we did it or we've seen other people do it. Dagnamit, it always blows up in our minds, right? Or in our, in our faces. And when, and when Beth's children made normal choices, that was all the evidence I needed that I was screwed. <laughs> no, stop. Because <laughs> honestly, like it was like, she's very diligent. She's very righteous and obedient. And, you know, I go to her house and she gathers her children, no matter how chaotic the home is and how many visitors there are, she does what she's supposed to do. And so knowing that she was doing all those things and I am not on a regular basis, I was like, oh crap, I'm screwed. This is (laughs) why I even keep trying. But the reality is like, we can do everything in our absolute powers and these kids are still their own people that choose their own choices and us trying to control an outcome and their choices is Satan's plan, really. And I think, again, our intentions were good. And, you know, if you go back to the pre-existence, I'm sure he had good intentions. I'm sure at some point he was like, that is really going to be a mess, right? And not, not being able to have that eternal perspective. And, and sometimes we think if we could, if they would just listen to us, they wouldn't have to hurt. If they would just do what we said, because we've experienced it and we know they wouldn't have to hurt. And in turn, we wouldn't have to hurt. Right. And so there's a lot that goes into it. We have wisdom, we have experience, we have, uh, you know, a little more eternal perspective, but then we also have our brains trying to protect us from pain. And, and more than not, that's what we're fighting in our lives is our own pain. We're trying to protect ourselves from pain. And when our children hurt, it's almost more pain than ourselves. Like I literally get a zing through my body. When my children show me a, a like scrape, I'm like, yeah, stop which probably they're probably like, what's your problem? But it hurt. Like I feel it. And so, um, one of the things, so when we were talking about, okay, what, how can we offer them the help? What I remember is when my child first child was three, three and a half, four ish, um, everything went swimmingly well until about that stage. And I think we had just had our second and she started to misbehave or have these breakdowns and these meltdowns. And I just was like, what is going on? What am I doing wrong? Why isn't she acting like she should? Right. And so Rich and I immediately went to parenting classes. We found love and logic parenting classes. And for me, like we were kind of doing a lot of the same things already, but what I learned from that class most than anything was that her actions were not my fault, right? We're not all of my blame. And I was able to remove myself from it and be like, Oh, okay. And like, I can't even explain the guilt and the frustration. Like, like it was like letting the air out of that balloon. And I was able to step back and then logically access the part of my brain that I needed and my spirit to make wise parenting decisions, to pull my own emotions and my own pride and my own everything out of it. And just be like, Oh, well, if we do this, this, and this, I know I've done my part and whatever else happens is part of her life. And so when we were talking about this, I was like, I'm just, we're just going to drive that quote home. So let's say, um, like we want our children to get a a testimony, right? 
of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we ask them to read the Book of Mormon. We bribe them with things that they want because they're teenagers. They don't want to do it. It's not fun, right? There's tons of things way more fun than sitting down and reading the Book of Mormon. That doesn't make sense. That's hard to understand. That's just different, right? For a teenage brain. And so let's say you've set up the example, but they didn't choose it. So then I'm like, yep, you did your part. You aligned yourself with Jesus Christ and you can't take all the credit. You can't take all the blame. So it's not your fault. And it's also not your, your glorification. Like it, it isn't about you, right? So we have to model that behavior and those good examples, align ourselves with Jesus Christ. And then we can't take all the credit and we can't take all the blame. Yeah. And that's the thing is, um, if you can just take a moment, um, I'm reading this amazing book called mm. the gap and the gains. And a lot of times not to go over the whole book, cause you need to go get it and read it. But when we fall in the gap, that's where we start getting into blaming ourselves, um, a dark place where we're worried about everyone, everyone's thinking we're comparing ourselves with others. We're competing. We're getting in a place that's not going to give us any growth. But when you can get in the gain, when you can get above that gap and get in the gain and see where you've come, you know, I, I, it helped me to look back at my life and see where I'd come. Cause I made a lot of mistakes with my kids, my older kids, especially. And when I could look back, I was in a gain, a gaining place where I could see, look how far you've come. And so when you're thinking about these things, don't take too much blame and don't take too much credit. Remember to get yourself out of the gaps, get those, get yourself out of those little hallowed holes that drop you into a place that cannot relieve you of the suffering and pain that can go with that. When Satan wants you to be miserable, like he is Yeah, and get yourself up in the gains. And I loved it when she explained this concept to me because she explained it, like, I'm just going to go into it. I think it's a really helpful concept is like when you're playing Mario world, I think most of us remember that video, not Mario world. It was, what was it? Mario Mario brothers, not Mario, yeah. super Mario. <laughs> Anyways, Nintendo, super Mario, super Mario. Right? Do, do, do. And the mushrooms would go. So he would jump up on this wall. And then he, if you didn't jump to the next wall, you'd fall down in that little gap. Right. And down in that little pit, you can't see anything, but then you get whoop, jump back up on top of the wall. You can see your next jump and your next jump and your next jump. And every once in a while you fall back in that pit. And it, you're blind. You can't see, and you need a little extra help to get high enough out. And I was like, "You, what you're explaining? It kind of sounds like the menstrual cycle. Like your the mental capacity you're explaining." I'm like, "Yes, I know exactly what that feels like. About three or four days before you get your period, like I literally need to run away. Everything's terrible. I need to be divorced, and nothing's going right. And then I don't have my period anymore. So, but I can vividly remember this. But then." when you get it, you're like, Oh, like, oh. thank <laughs> heavens, because that would have been a really bad choices, you know, but it, and it's usually, you know, three or four days, five days out of the month. And the rest of the month's pretty decent, but that I said, it's usually 25% to 75% of life. The 25% is so deep and so dark and so intense that your body and your brain notices that and it wants to protect you from that again. Right. And so it's just kind of like that little robot out there collecting all that evidence and it wants to protect you. And so it's going to remind you how terrible 
that was and don't go back there again. And so your brain will try and do everything possible to avoid that pain. So let's say you, like you said, you made mistakes with your children. I'm like, mm, I don't think, I mean, there might be some things you do differently, but I think I say this a lot on the podcast, but when you wake up every morning and you get up to do your very best, you're never intentionally making mistakes. You're never, a mistake is, I guess, unintentional, but I feel like you did the best you could with the evidence and the, the information you had. And so I truly believe what happened needed to happen for their experience, for your experience to learn life's lessons that they needed to have when you're such a good mom like Beth. There's some crappy moms out there. Those things didn't need to happen. <laughs> but well, yeah. just remembering that your period will come, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? That's such a perfect explanation. When she told me that I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so true. Cause when, when all of a sudden, when you start your period, you're fine, you're happy again, everything's well, the kids are good. You love your husband. Everything's yep. going to work out. No stress. Friendships are good. Family's good. It's all good. Yeah. So it's just kind of a pattern of life. Mm -hmm. It's like the gaps and the gains. It's like your period. Um, it just, it's part of the ebbs and flows. It's like your life commitments, your manual, it's really different wording. It's all the same thing. Yeah. All truth. And with, and with our kids, I think the biggest thing too, is a couple of advice that I've liked is don't reinvent the wheel. Someone else has been through what you're going through. Reach out, search the Google. We didn't have our, our parents didn't have that. Right. And there's so much good free help of someone that's walked your shoes and go learn it. You don't have to do it alone. Pray. You don't have to do it alone. And like having that community and, and just knowing you're not alone, we will help you. I will. We will tell you how our children peed. Where did, where did Hayden pee that one time in the grocery store the tree. on the tree? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> on the tree outside the church building. Yeah. And my children climb the walls, literally, like they literally have found ways to climb the walls at church after church anyways. So there's many people that have been there. So don't reinvent the wheel. Don't your children's faults are not yours. They aren't. They're just choices. Life is long. It's eternal and it's going to be okay. I think the biggest thing is like making sure that you're right with the Lord and keep on going. And that example that you set for them of like being able to work through hard things and be able to love them no matter what is ultimately the thing that will get you and them past all the hurdles, all the gaps. Yeah. And one last thing, um, we were eating dinner with the missionaries last night and I asked both of them, um, how did you struggle in your mission when you first started? And they both said that they did. And the one elder said, I said, how did you get through it? And they both answered. But the one missionary said, I knew that the day would end and I would wake up to a new day. Mm. And that allowed me to keep going. And I think a mother, as you are parenting and being with your children, there are those 25% of the days in a month, just symbolically speaking, and the day, that yeah. are bad days, and you are ready for that day to end. But guess what? A new day comes. Choose ye this day and the sun rises and you can choose a different way or choose to look at things in a different light. 
And Heavenly Father always helps us. So I think that's a good thing to remember is that tomorrow's going to come and a new day will start and it's going to be okay. It's all going to be okay. So hopefully this helped you a little bit and we just got to keep helping each other and keep fighting the good fight and keep raising those righteous little darlings. Just, <laughs> just keep loving them unconditionally, I think is, is the key and it will all work out. We will see you again here next week with a follow-up episode about children and parenting and, and more enlightenment. We hope you have a great week. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on our Why Wait podcast. If you want to share us with your family and friends, we would love it. The best way to do that is to leave us a review on iTunes or on any podcast platform that you are listening to us on. Also, as our gift to you, we have free Friday coaching every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. The link will be in the show notes and we would love to see you there. Have a great week.